The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. You're listening to In the Corner with Tyler Peters. Unfiltered, uncensored, and unforgiving. Here's the man from across the pond, Tyler Peters. Hello and welcome to a special episode of In the Corner with your host, Tyler Peters. And I will be discussing NXT Vengeance Day from Sunday night, February the 4th of 2024. And the program opens up with Wade Barrett substituting for Booker T, joining Vic Joseph. And how could I gloss over the fact this was the first premium live event for NXT in Tennessee? The venue was the FM Bank Arena in Clarksville, Tennessee. And shout out to my fellow uh, volunteers there. It was an epic event. The crowd brought the energy. I have to compliment them. But getting back to the commentary team, Wade Barrett, he was awesome. The uh, chemistry never left between he and Vic Joseph. Wade Barrett has become such a vital part of all the brands regarding commentary. So I wanted to uh, highlight that. And we're going to get a tag team match for the Dusty Rhodes Cup Finals. This is part of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament. It is going to feature... The team of Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams taking on the War Dogs, the team of Baron Corbin and Bron Breaker. I like both these duos. Breaker is so explosive. And there was a lot of creativity concerning the movesets in this matchup. Trick Williams has the hops. I actually wrote that down. And Corbin has found a resurgence, has found a a new life, so to speak, in NXT, as so many of these stars have. I just thought it was a, a terrific opening match. You want to get everybody hyped up. The crowd already had uh, gave the vibe, hey, we're energetic, we're excited, we are pumped up that NXT is, has came to Tennessee. It's not just Nashville, but north of the Music City and Clarksville. And in the end, it would be the War Dogs the team of Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker to win the matchup. So they would uh, hold up the trophy. They are the winners for the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic Tournament Finals. And they're your winners. Breaker had speared Carmelo Hayes and pinned him to win the matchup for his team. Hayes shows a lot, too. He utilizes his ability and, you could say, agility. Uh, I'm trying to rhyme. For crying out loud. It was just uh, a great matchup. I can't say enough good things about the progressions of all these stars, men and women, as it pertains to NXT. And quickly, I wanted to mention that I saw shades of the old NXT black and gold here with uh, this premium live event. It's not that we're not witnessing it with the uh, current show on Tuesday nights that airs on the USA Network. However, you, you could feel it at least with a few of these matchups, if not all. I mean, so that it's a good thing. We're getting uh, some of the old NXT 
with a newer flavor, so to speak. In our next matchup, featured Dijak versus Joe Gacy. It was a no-disqualification matchup. Dijak's presentation, similar to Corbin, it's almost as if these superstars have been given a new life in the NXT brand. I just cannot say enough good things about Dijak and getting away from the gimmick that he used to have, Retribution. I was searching for the name of the gimmick or, or group, per se, Dijak was involved with. To me, it's more authentic and real to who Dijak is. A lot of contrast with uh, Baron Corbin, even though both are very different in a lot of respects. NXT has allowed more opportunity for a lot of the main roster stars that are not getting the push or are kind of struggling of sorts, I guess you could uh, surmise. And this battle proved enthralling. I wanted to use a new word, kind of similar to interesting. Circa their storied feud. They did a good job of, of betraying what made us come to this kind of matchup, where it's not an ordinary match. It is a fight. I mean, there's going to be weapons, trash can lids, nightsticks, you name it. I'm not going to break down all the matchups. You need to go out of your way to watch NXT Vengeance Day. It was fitting Valentine's Day. Nothing says I love you more than people getting physical, hitting each other over the head with trash can lids, and, and people just loving every minute of it. Am I quoting Loverboy? What is this turning into a uh, radio DJ show all of a sudden? I'll add some humor the best I can. Uh, Letterman's not calling me or Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon or any of those guys. Or Conan O'Brien, one of my favorites. If we're going to go down the comedy route, but to stay on track, not to get uh, on a tangent here. Gacy reminds me so much of a Mick Foley, a Bray Wyatt, even a Kevin Sullivan. I, I drew a lot of uh, parallels with his character, uh, Gacy is fascinating to me. And he plays the mind games. Dijak also is very psychological, trying to get in your head from a mental aspect. And you weren't going to get a lot of uh, holds and, and scientific-based wrestling with regards to this uh, kind of match. They fought. They, Dijak went through a table that had toys on it. I'm not making this stuff up, but it, it actually was a cool visual. I enjoyed it. The chaos, the madness. What would anybody expect from not only Dijak, but we're talking Joe Gacy. My goodness. And I, I really saw the similarities in his own way between Mick Foley's Mankind presentation and Bray Wyatt with his uh, various personas. I'm referring to Joe Gacy to uh, make sure I clarify, and you can follow me and understand what I am referencing. Very important. It was the Feast Your Eyes by Dijak that won him the bow. Very intense. I'm a little skeptical of these type of hardcore matches. I'm taking nothing away from the competitors and those who are involved 
in these uh, specific matchups, they're more like fights, realistically. Let's be honest. But these two were telling a story. And as long as there's some story in it and it's not just, hey, let me hit you with a steel chair. I mean, at least target a body part and and, and give me a reason to be invested in this uh, sort of ordeal. Then you have me. I liked all the matches from this premium live event. I was going to save it for the end, yet I just couldn't help myself. It got me uh, wanting to check out a lot more NXT, and i got to be very transparent with you, the listeners. And I've had conversations with Benny about this very fact. We don't have time to catch new episodes of NXT. I actually went back to the first of this month as I'm recording uh, this very podcast for In the Corner WWE. Check it out. Benny uh, does a fabulous job reviewing the modern day product with Raw and SmackDown, a sidebar. Uh, no. And I join him at times, uh, but regardless, the man is a machine. He's doing just a great job over there in the corner. But Dijak, the Feast Your Eyes uh, finisher that won him the match against Joe Gacy is uh, just unbelievable. I love the move. It's like he drives a knee. He picks up his opponent and drives him down with with the uh, the knee, I guess is how you can summarize it. Next, I was impressed by this next encounter. It was a six-person a part of me, it was a six-person mixed tag team match, and, and maybe I said that incorrectly. I, hey, I'll admit, things are going to happen. Forgive me. But it was OTM. It was Lucian Price and Bronco Nima with uh, Jada Parker accompanied by Scripps. They took on the NXT Tag Team Champions, The Family, which consisted of Tony D'Angelo, Adriana Rizzo, and Channing Stacks Lorenzo. The family came in from behind and attacked OTM. Right away, I, I found it very compelling how the family would attack OTM. It's obviously became very personal. Uh, to be very honest, I did not even get a chance to view the go-home edition before this premium live event. I'm, I'm doing things all over the place. I know I, I can't help myself. And sometimes that happens. Parker appeared dominant. One of my takeaways was, or you could say takedowns, Tyler's takedowns, cheap advertisement there, ladies and gentlemen. But Jada Parker, she was so good during this matchup. And so was Rizzo. The ladies, they always shine, don't they? I mean, they're so talented. They're capable. You can tell with the training down at the Performance Center. No matter the promotion or whether it was the independent scene coming from another professional wrestling organization, and with all due respect, there's just nothing like the way NXT can produce some of these talents. And taking nothing away from AEW or any independent promotion, they do a wonderful job. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but there is something about the system by the WWE. And Rizzo responds. I mean, she wasn't going to take it from Parker. I was just uh, complimenting the women, part of me. That's a mouthful. I got so so caught up in the game. I'm trying to be hip and cool, and uh, goodness gracious, I, the kids would laugh at me today. 
But getting back to the matchup, D'Angelo and Stacks with uh, Rizzo gelled. That was one of the things I even put down in my notes. Everything just seemed to be execute well from a, a certain uh, standpoint, if you will, and the family would win. I originally had envisioned this matchup not being very uh, appealing. That's what I get for basing it, or at least basing my opinion, part of me, on assumption alone. I was impressed by both these teams, and I'm looking forward to, if this rivalry continues, what we're going to see transpire on future episodes of NXT. And next up was another favorite match of mine. It's spotlighting the women. It is for the NXT Women's Championship, featuring the champion defending Laya Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez. At first, both the ladies went down to the mat. You you got a lot of scientific-themed uh, wrestling, which I, I enjoyed. I liked, in other words. It was a stalemate. I, I borrowed some of the terms, either Wade Barrett or Vic Joseph. I, I can't recall. Forgive me. I even watched the thing last night as I'm, I'm recording the broadcast, or I should say podcast. It all kind of rhymes. Maybe not. But it was a just phenomenal matchup. Roxanne got motivated. Valkyria's forearms just look tremendous. I mean, they're they're brutal. And Perez would regain momentum. You would have some good back and forth segments. Lola Vice would cash in her uh, contract. She had won the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, which afforded her the opportunity. So it became a triple threat match. Tatum Paxley has this weird obsession with the champion Valkyria. She gets uh, knocked out, I, I believe, from a kick by uh, Lola Vice. And it was official. It was a triple threat matchup. And Lola Vice is going to be a future champion, and she's going to be main roster bound before you know it. Uh, her MMA background, her submissions, her kicking, uh, you know, it was uh, it was off the charts. I'm trying to even find the words. But Valkyria was able to overcome the odds and retain her women's title and win the matchup. But I actually didn't mind the triple threat aspect. It, it, it made things a little bit more interesting, if you want my uh, perspective. If you don't, I, I can't help you. We've got the North American Championship matchup that features the North American champion, this big man that's six foot six. And I, I forget the way, but he's just a monster. His name is Oba Femi. Hopefully I'm getting this correct. I even tried to write down how you would say it above the names. Versus Dragon Lee. Lee knew he had to be quick. It had to be more of his styling of pace, which could hinder Femi until the champ's power would prevail. It forced the change in momentum. And Femi... Boy, is he special. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with on Raw or SmackDown for anybody, in, including NXT. Lee kept surviving when it seemed like he was down and out. There was a lot of the near falls regarding the pins by uh, the champion, Femi. Lee adapted versus uh, the North American champion, however, and Femi... Shows Dragon Lee actually 
not only shows him, he throws Dragon Lee like he's a, a lightweight, a featherweight. Very impressive. I don't care whether he throws him or, or shows him. He was uh, just big and powerful. Like he was nothing. Poor Dragon Lee. And a power bomb by Oba Femi would help him retain the North American title, or you could say championship, either way. I just can't say enough good things about Dragon Lee as well, and especially this Oba Femi, the North American champion. Visually, I mean, he's the, the perfect recipe for pro wrestling, and he's athletic, he's agile. It's not this methodical big man kind of a predictable slow pace, not knocking that. But with Femi, you just get a lot of intangibles, and I can't wait to see his progression. You heard me mention it earlier in the program. Let me catch my breath. There, there's so much I'm trying to cover, and it was not even a, a lot of matches, to be fair. We get the main event, and it was the main event, let me tell you. Between the NXT champion, Ilya Dragunov, I've been trying to practice that one for a while, hopefully getting these names pronunciated correctly. He would take on and defend against Trick Williams. Remember, Trick Williams is pulling double duty. He was in that tag team matchup earlier on with Carmelo Hayes. And I've got to set the stage a little bit. I, I get ahead of myself or forget segments. It's going to occur. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes have had such an interesting story that ties in with Dragunov, the champion. It was Carmelo Hayes that accused Dragunov of attacking Trick Williams in the parking lot or somewhere backstage at an NXT uh, show. It was one of their uh, previous episodes. Pardon. And this is what uh, made the ending of this match so fascinating. Now, let's get to the match before we... Uh, we discussed the ending. Williams stood ready. He was not going to be intimidated, even though he was the bigger guy against Dragunov. Dragunov just has this appeal. It's like Guther. It's something about these European wrestlers. I say this with all the, the respect in the world. It's their talents, their intimidation, even against bigger opponents. Dragunov's not 6'4 like Guther, but he might as well be. Uh, with his offense. And, and Trick Williams was not intimidated, though. He stood his ground. Remember, I just said it. Trick endured the champ's opening moves, and Dragunov executes one brutal clothesline. And if you have not seen Dragunov clothesline somebody, uh, I hope their head's still on their shoulders. It is uh, immense, the impact that he gets when uh, speaking of Dragunov. Ilya loves it when he bleeds. He's a sick man. He loves the blood. And actually, both are bleeding as the match uh, continues. Williams fought through all the punishment dished out by Dragunov. And Dragunov shows no mercy. Not only was that a callback to an old WWE pay-per-view, and now they're called premium live events. Dragunov is he's not going to show you any kind of empathy. I'll tell you, going back to the word mercy, tried to... Remember my English class, uh, used some different words. I hope it worked. Anyways, Williams had endurance. And Trick kicked out of the H-bomb. And Williams almost got Dragunov several times. The referee even took an inadvertent bump. And we got another official. It looked as if Trick Williams was going to be our 
new NXT World Heavyweight Champion, but Dragunov would survive in the end and hit the uh, Torpedo Moscow. Hopefully I'm getting that uh, correct as well, properly, you could say. And it, it was another terrific matchup. But what happens at the end? Remember, I was getting to it, but didn't want to give away everything. Come on now. Carmelo Hayes would turn on Trick Williams, and he targets Williams' knee with a steel chair. How dare he is the question. I want to ask Carmelo Hayes. I love where this is going. It's a good heel turn. He had the jacket. Somebody had posted this, and I, I couldn't remember. Until, you know, you got the visual. Naturally, a lot of times that's the case. We're trying to remember things. It was the same jacket Shawn Michaels had worn when he turned on Marty Jannetty, I believe. I don't know if it was the same. Let me back up. But it was one that looked like the jacket. That's probably what I should have said. I'm not sure that Shawn gave him the exact jacket. He could have, but don't quote me on it. I don't want somebody going listening back if you're listening, which I hope you are, and saying, oh, Tyler, he's he's acting like Shawn Michaels gave him the same jacket. I don't know, folks. I'm just telling you that it was a, a very cool callback, nonetheless. And uh, Carmelo Hayes uh, taking on Trick Williams. So he's the guy. They've teased it a little bit, but did a good job of still making Carmelo look, uh, look innocent. Let me try to say that three times again. And uh, – I can't say enough good things about this premium live event. Uh, it was just incredible. I was so happy for Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm kicking myself that I went, didn't uh, go up there and attend the show. But, hey, listen, I just watched it back, and you could still feel the energy, even though that was a couple weeks ago. I mean, it is truly remarkable how a crowd can just add a whole new dimension. And I love some of the stars, uh, Baron Corbin, Dijak, the women's division, where it's headed a lot of uh, talented men and women on these uh, or on this roster, on all the rosters for WWE is what I was thinking of, but I, especially with NXT, just singular, not plural there, Tyler. Once again, got to get back to English class. But I hope you've enjoyed it. I didn't want to go long. It was actually a uh, pay-per-view that had enough time, but I, I didn't feel like I was watching a marathon. All the matches were good. I, it had shades of some of the old NXT under Triple H. And I'm going to stand by my statement. It, it just did. I mean, there, Shawn Michaels is finally getting his vision in place, and we're starting to see it. I mean, I think we've been witnessing uh, Michaels' vision for a, a while now, back when it, it took away the 2.0 and just said, hey, we're just NXT and got back to uh, business, as they say. Well, thank you all so much, and thanks to uh, to Benny Mac for uh, all his help. I just so enjoyed uh, getting back to doing a, a solo project for him with collaboration and under the In the Corner umbrella, and people are going to start asking me and wondering, wait a minute, don't you host Tyler's Takedowns? I do. Don't worry. All those shows are still going to be going. I don't want any conspiracies or controversies. I, I'm teasing. That would be ridiculous. Who knows? I may discuss AEW, TNA, Impact, and not just WWE-related content, whether that's NXT or Raw or SmackDown or the latest WWE news. I've already had the conversations with Benny. He gave me permission out of respect to uh, my uh, special counsel 
that would be the great Benny Mac. And uh, I just can't say enough good things about SJP World Media, Sai Pal, and, and all the folks over there with the wrestling and non-wrestling related programming. Uh, also check out a network called Squirrel Circle Radio uh, with my good friends Andy and Chris and Jared who are doing some uh, awesome things over there for the Squared Circle Radio Network. And also, how can I forget about my good buddy, Tony Miller, from uh, Tone In Entertainment, who's uh, doing so many good things for independent wrestling and, and all the content that he's able to provide on all the major social media platforms. Please go check him out. Waylon Myers, my good friend who I co-host uh, the show WrestleManiacs with. You can catch the audio editions on SJP World Media and, and Catch the live video editions on YouTube. Uh, we've been doing Sunday nights. Sometimes that'll change in these Saturday nights, but we'll let you know. Follow us at WrestleManiacs on all the uh, major social media platforms. But I, I want to thank Benny Mac and follow his great show in the corner, regardless whether I'm doing a solo project or I'm able to be on with him. I've said it to him before, even during a live, uh, well, maybe not live podcast. I should say, you know, we, we do these kind of pre-recorded, I guess, uh, or not kind of. Uh, just can't thank him enough. And uh, this has been a review of NXT Vengeance Day. You wanted some Valentine's Day? What, what did you expect? Some hearts? A box of chocolates? What is this, Forrest Gump? You got a lot of wrestling action is what you got. I'm getting excited even talking about it. I'm so scared. I just wanted to stay in the crowd if I could attend. I just wanted to watch it on TV. You think I want to get in the ring with a guy six seven like Dijak or with those war dogs? You're talking Braun Breaker. You're talking a Steiner brother. A Steiner brother's son. He's not a Steiner brother, but he's of the lineage. I'm even getting the family trees all mixed up for crying out loud. They've got me so scared. The women could take me. I'll tell you, that's major respect to them. I love it. Had to add a little more humor. I've had the coffee. I've woke up. But I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a special edition of In the Corner. And I'm your host, Tyler Peters, saying goodbye. So long for now. I'll, I'll say farewell. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed my quick review of the program. Until next time.